Howdy folks, welcome back to Off Planet, the podcast. I'm Laurel, and I'm joined by my co-host, Gavin. Gavin. <laughs> How are you today? Pretty good. Um, what is it? Is it Mars Day today? Yeah. Yes. But we're in a Jupiter oh, hour. It's a Tuesday. 2-22-22 on a Tuesday? Oh my god. <laughs> Wow, there's another this two for you. divinely intervened upon. Yeah, oh my gosh, wow. that could be the Baker's Dozen. Yeah, it is. Yeah, the Baker's Dozen, a 13 twos. Um, yeah, so I hope, you know, this is not going to get posted on two, 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 or whatever, but <laughs> I hope you all have a great day. <laughs> Whatever I day you, you listen the to this, two, 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 two vibes. Yeah, I hope you like experience a great deal of synchronicities, but not to the point that you don't feel good and are confused and maybe a little scared. Hopefully, not that many. <laughs> Hopefully, it's like a fun level of like, you know, you know, a goofy, uh, like a goofy little angel number moment, not like a like. Like a, I think my TV is speaking to me. <laughs> Yeah. Enough to like have hope, but also like be skeptical that there's anything outside the state. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just enough Actually, to maintain the status quo, but like with crystals. And you know what a Venus wish for our listeners. <laughs> truly, 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 truly. Have a good time, but stay in the box, please. <laughs> have fun, but <laughs> sanctioned. <laughs> sanctioned fun. Okay, so you're doing good. You're feeling the two, 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 two vibes. I am. How are you doing? I am doing good. I too <laughs> am feeling the two, 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 two vibes. Needs to stop. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I'm honestly reeling from the documentary we watched. Still. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Um, called what the bleep? Do you know? made by the famous member of the Nexium cult, Mark Vicente. I would not recommend watching it. No. But I will say that I had the privilege of learning that there are three things religion has harmed, and that is women, oppressed people, and the World Trade Center. It's true. Those three categories of people harmed by religion that's like something I'd never, um, I'd never put two and two together like that. <laughs> yeah. okay, I'm going to stop saying two. <laughs> Let's put uh, an embargo on two. Is that what they do? <laughs> four at least. Yeah. Yeah. What the bleep? I mean, watch the vow. You'll get, you know, you won't, you don't need to watch this documentary. That will, that's a better piece of media, and you'll probably get some similar takeaways in terms of like critical Understanding analysis. Understanding Mark of, Vicente. Yeah, critical analysis of like a certain type of lost mind. Um, <laughs> what if it turns goal. out they're right, though? <laughs> you know what? They probably are. What if I'm like actually addicted to like emotions and just yeah. feeling as a human? What yeah. about my vice? For context, this is a documentary that did not show names or credentials of anyone who was speaking. Literally, like, no that's, clue who spoke. But yeah, Whitey had, from Coraline apparently is one of the actors in it. Yeah, yeah. And, and he was great. Boy, was he acting. Um, he was. What a beautiful smile. And truly, it was it was so uncanny. It's like to the point where it, it gave me the same awkward feeling as like that certain type of humor that's like Tim and Eric show, like, you know, like this like weird sort of like 90s, like infomercial vibes where it's like they're being ironic and doing it for humor and like creating these awkward pauses and this tension of like surrealism and absurdity that's like designed to be funny because it's uncomfortable. But there was like a part of this that it was like very sincere, but still managed to like hit a lot of the same beats for me. I don't know if you experienced that as well. I was just like really confused and like truly trying to follow. I I want yeah. to understand what they're. I truly want to be. They seem so happy wherever they are. I'm like, yo, that seems great for you. Um, 
but then they would say some things and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, like that's Yeah, like, red flags warning bell. You're calling for help right now. Exactly. But I, I will say like I understand I know what you're talking about because I after the the insurrection, the coup, I remember realizing not for the first time, but like in a different way that both like I look at these people and I'm like, this is actually unhinged. And they see me exactly the same way. I was just like, wow. Like, <laughs> I don't know, I guess like just sitting with the fact that, like, that, yeah, this documentary is not a joke. This is 100% serious, meant mm-hmm. to get me to sign up for like the Ramtha cult or whatever. Even though they don't overtly say that, but if you, that's, this is the cult Mark was a part of um, before he joined Nexium and he, that he also made a movie for. Yeah, two times. Poor guy. And both the same themes of like, you are not at cost, like, you are not in control of your reality, and that's your fault for feeling things. Yeah, because um, ultimately, you, the, the, you're God. Is that you are God, and that you are in full control of the way you perceive everything. Exactly. And you should just fix it, and you should, yeah, like, like, have you just tried, like, being God? Yeah, you know, like, if your life sucks, just, like, be God then. You know, like, whatever that is. So, right, right. Yeah, it was really, it was pushing it. I was like, you guys, you guys are out here in the yeah. boonies of my consciousness. <laughs> like, and they, she kept calling it the backwaters oh, of yeah, the like, earth. Well, she, she speaks like, I don't even know how she I said think it. She's like Eastern accent. European. No, yeah. no, yeah, she's Eastern European. But just like, just the way she just hit certain like consonants. She, I was like, Ooh. yeah, she referred to the Milky Way as the, or she referred to our galaxy. Wait, not the galaxy. No, the planet. The solar system as the backwaters of the Milky Way. Yeah. And she was like, on, on this earth, you in the ghetto talking about God, shut up. But then she said we were God. So I was like, I'm confused. You said God is an insult. Right. And then you, it's... and you said God is greater. It's like God has to be greater than these imperfections. And then five minutes later, you said we are God. But then if we invented God, like what are, <laughs> like who d- dares design God in their image? The arrogance. Anyways, you're God. Yeah. Well, that's the whole thing. Is it's like you made God. She, she said you. I the, I know this is like she wanted this quote to hit a little harder than it did. She said like we made God in our image. And I'm like oh the like haha like we're made in God's image is like the conventional statement. So it's like to do a little flipperoo on him. But I'm gonna wait. Let, let me let me run with a quick thread because we talked when we watched the vow. We talked so much about how like these people who end up in this community is because they're starved for community, for belonging, for, like, feeling as a part of a group and, like, appreciated for, like, what they have to bring to the table. Mm-hmm. And so people like Keith Raniere can exploit that desire and create, uh, you know, a situation in which people are susceptible to, like, the rhetoric that he uses to, like, bring people in. And, like, this is, too, like, happening... I saw that same tactic here in this documentary because they're elevating the individual to a level that is so monumental that like mm-hmm. you would have to seek help because that's um no like i'm serious because it's too <laughs> overwhelming like you cannot like if so someone is telling you to your face that you are in complete control of the, the your entire perception of the, the known universe you, you cannot handle that alone and so it's almost like that's true. It's, it's a type of like quote unquote i'm almost thinking it like a love bomb where it's like they're like putting so much on you that you like have to come deeper to like they relieve the tension by like giving you space to talk about this like difficult feeling and then ultimately like but then they've like got they've got their, their hooks in you once you've you know you've tried the pudding and you've bought in. But like yeah, that in of its true. own way is like it's preying on like a Venus need to like belong and like have a community around you and like experience the sensation of like being held and loved by like wherever you are Mm, yeah and I think too well that's interesting because like when I think of Venus I think of like Libra you know and Uh like the scales balance 
And I think of not even necessarily being held in like a, a particularly comforting way, but being held by the idea that there is a sense to this this senseless life that we live, you know, that there is order and reason and that if A, you know, then B. And even with Keith Raniere, they established such clear rules and directives and recreate the capitalist world we live in in their own sort of like vacuum. They're libertarians. I wish they would just say that. Yeah, you know, that's, like, that's truly. You would save us time. What the bleep do we know that you're a libertarian, Mark Vicente? That's, that's about it. I understand the pain of it, but they do sound so particularly pressed by the idea that there are things outside of their control. Things don't work out for them. And instead of being like, oh, maybe the system is rigged, it's like, no, I haven't like tapped into my gods that is hard enough yet. It, it's also just like, it's prosperity gospel. It's like, yes, these things are all one thing. And it's the biggest Venus of all. And that's, that's like capitalism <laughs> yeah they're like you, were, you just weren't thinking about being like secure and having enough resources hard enough and that's why you're struggling yeah and it's a way to not be accountable everyone in that was movie was white except for the kid that is very true well oh, and that in the in the one man yeah um but that's also because i think you, you know they want to bring credibility <laughs> to what they're saying spiritually by having someone that is from the quote east yep. and they're talking about like you actually like it's it's up to you truly um there's nothing in life that's stopping you holding you back it's it's your mind like yep. hello <laughs> you don't live in real life yeah i know it's comforting to think that but I was going to say too, like clearly that like worry of being a quote unquote bad person is very present because these people are so vindictive against the concept of like good or um, bad. Yeah. Because, okay. You know, there's, I'm not going to speculate too wildly on like why you might be like super against thinking about that, but maybe you have your own hangups and this, this kind of is starting to seem like a cope guys. Literally, but let's get into Venus a little more. Yeah, I want to know how you talk about Venus. Describe describe Venus. My Venus is in Pisces, my natal Venus. Uh, and that was like, uh, even before I knew that, that meant that it was exalted, kind of the first thing that was coming across were like, oh yeah, this is like definitely a Venus to talk about because you guys are ultimately crazy. But in the sense of hopeless romantic the person who just cannot be rational in love you are gonna lose it which is funny because like i i've definitely changed my perspective on that with time but at the same time like there were ways that i was moving that were in line with that <laughs> with the best fiance would say you're drunk in love yeah a little bit and of course like context being like high school so ultimately, that was just a lot of other issues that are really not at all related to astrology. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just I was real problems. Yeah, just, <laughs> uh, but I could be like, no, actually, like this, this really, really deep compulsion to like do a lot in these relationships is because um, it's, it's like just Pisces, I'm, Venus. Pisces, Venus. Like, no, you. I'm just too good at loving. No, yeah, see. yeah, no, you're gripped. Uh, it was gripped. As a, yeah, so, you know, working through some of those things. But yeah, my, my Venus is in Pisces, and um, there's a lot of things about that that I love. I mean, it's an exalted Venus, uh, but one of the most recent, like, ways I've heard it framed up through Alice Barkley Cut's blog is that Venus, or exalted planets are, quote-unquote, hungry. Um, and I think that that <laughs> is really accurate when I think about, like, when I think about Venus, it's like love, love. Uh, and I think about like yeah, like I said, those like those uh, <laughs> those not so great moments, those not so great feelings. Like yeah, this is like it's it's like starving behavior, like it's lack mentality. <laughs> like, um, and I'm being really glib right now, but I I don't know. It's one of those things where I'm, it's just I'm saying a lot of like really honest things, I guess, that are very personal, but <laughs> without actually being <laughs> like. To... You're like um, last. 
dude, that pain. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. Venus is like it's kind of clown. It's clown town for me a little bit. Um, and and I have to like be that way when I talk about it because the rest of my chart like really does not have a lot of space for like water placements. Mm. I have a fire. I have a fire moon. Everything else is air. I I do have a a, a water Mars. But it's a Scorpio Mars, so it's not really, like, adding a lot of context to, like, something like a Pisces Venus. Um, I do feel like the – a lot of times I can think of it like – so the the Mars is domicile and the Venus is exalted. So the, the Venus will be like, I am – I have a need, like, and, and we'll start nagging. And then the Mars is like, this needs to happen right now. Yeah, that's where it's an interesting like section of my the way my I was working through my chart when I first came to astrology because before I had like a bigger bigger like bigger context in like how planets interact, it was really kind of hard to wrap my head around these like big, almost like monolithic energies. So it was like wow, mm-hmm. the Venus and Pisces is like this big thing that's like really like got a grip on me. But that's not really true when you put it into context of things. And also, like, when you start to think about, like, houses, like, for me, it's in the sixth house. And so I'm, it made me think a lot about, like, not, not so much, like, the really classical way that we are introduced to Venus, which is interpersonal romantic relationships and, like, those matters of the sixth house, like, uh, the details and, like, working through, you know, I guess like bad fortune is that house as well. And just mm-hmm. trying to like contextualize like Venus in that position. Personally, my Venus is like, it's a, it's a confusing area for me, but Venus generally recently, I've been like looking at it a lot through the context of belonging. Mm-hmm. Um, and Venus being something that uh, is like activated when we either are getting what we need to feel like we're we're uh, involved and we belong or like the ways that we move to try to get back or to find that like footing yeah um and that's been you know it starts to introduce like factors outside of just like you know the blog post and start thinking about like okay yeah so there's like a lot of real world impact on like how we belong where because we talk about venus and the state and I guess, like, if there's an in and an out, and Mars is the out, Venus is the in, and just thinking about what makes up those in groups, and how are we motivated to belong in them, seems yes. to me to be Venus work these days. Sorry for all the, like, <laughs> the, the bl- blabbering up to that point. No, but... that was the best part, truly. <laughs> how about you, Laurel? <laughs> how about you tag in? <laughs> how's, how's um, for you? Yeah, let's stay here for a little longer. Um, Venus for me, okay, so much like you, where you had like starving behavior, I didn't, I mean, like, I guess we're all hungry for love under capitalism, right? True. And just in society, I, my Venus is in Capricorn. So I was like, I'm simply not hungry. You know, <laughs> like that was my takeaway. It was just like, I drink Soylent. I have a full meal replacement shake that I consume. It tastes like gray. Um, that's like what I thought when I was reading about the descriptions of Venus and Capricorn because my Mars is in Capricorn and Mars is exalted mm. in Cap. So I was like, well, obviously this means that Venus and Venus is the opposite of Mars and they're in the same place. Like Venus has, is just... Um, going to be dysfunctional but also isn't that venus and pisces that's just like described as the romantic like oh it should be loved by venus and pisces they'll probably like get a star for you and then it's like being loved by venus and capricorn it's like they'll they'll fix your books you know or they'll Mm -hmm. like get you a a larger tax return (laughs) this year and that's love so Things like love were, I viewed it as more of a duty-based thing. And also the common rhetoric around Venus and Capricorn is that like, just wait till you're like 35. 
Like, don't <laughs> worry about it now. Just wait. Like 35, 40, oh. it's going to be late in life for you, you know? So I, I, yeah, essentially just like wrote off romance and still even to this day and in, in the process of actually looking at it as something that isn't just like frivolous or just mm-hmm. like uh, a time suck a little bit. I don't, I guess not a time suck, but it was really, I really internalized it. I, like, this is a waste of time. And this is something that is not meant for children. It's meant for the the adults who plan to get married and build their lives and da, 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 da. So it's, there, I think like a sense of responsibility with Venus and Capricorn and just kind of a dryness to just very buttoned up conservative I mean, sometimes I guess they would try and they'd be like, no, it's earthy, which is like fun. Um, but it, it wasn't giving fun, honestly. No. It, if I could um, describe it as a, it, an image in my head, younger me was looking at Venus and Capricorn as like the couple that sits across from each other at a long table and you just see like the scraping of the cutlery. Mm, yeah. minimal comment but they're not like sad they just like have nothing they don't really talk and then like their love language is like we listen to the radio <laughs> like yeah. we listen to the the fireside chats um and then, like, the same book. yeah or, like we read the same book which actually sounds lovely to me now right well it is nice house for you right so exactly so moving forward my conception of venus is that Venus is really about the ways we create balance in our lives. And I do think being balanced in life makes it easier for things like love to exist. But I do think that Venus being connected to love, and like we'll obviously get into this later, Venus being connected to love is kind of a scam a little bit. And I think Venus is ultimately about structure and regulations baby it's that thick it's a technical writing you get in a manual that's like these are all the parts this is how you use it it's how you build the ikea furniture of life and when i think venus capricorn ninth house ninth house being like the higher learning like the philosophy i think of it as i take my time to figure out you know how i build how i make this house a home of like my mind and like my the things I believe in, the, the, the thoughts and material I choose to engage with and mm-hmm. cultivate in my life and lay the groundwork. And so when I think of that, oh, the love will come later. Like, and they were talking specifically romantic. I'm, as time has gone on, I'm like, it's not even only love or dating or whatever, but it's about, for me, like the time it, has, it will take, the time I'm going to put into being solid before i'm just like okay cool come in now it's good Mm -hmm. everything is placed with intention or at least i try to place every law have set every decree internally with intention and it takes a long time for me to like truly parse things out before i'm like okay this is this can stay i'm gonna put this in the you can hang for a while pile because I guess we can get into it now. Venus um, and the connection to Libra. When you think of Libra, Saturn is exalted in Libra. Saturn, that is that long planet, yep. like time god. Terminator. Yeah, eats his kids, loves being in Libra. You know, loves being mm-hmm. like, these are the rules, and this is what's in, this is what's out, and this, this is, is just how it's going to be. And balanced exactly and venus loves i think getting in the nitty-gritty of venus knows how the sausage is made because it's like i i make the sausage but venus is like the military industrial complex you know those huge entities that are because it gives us like oh marvel movies that are just like military propaganda or brooklyn 99 like copaganda but it's you're laughing you're enjoying it and it reinforces the like values mm-hmm. of whoever sets the order. Right. I was just trying to think about Venus and Mars a while back and trying to figure out like how to bring them together. And 
one of the things that like came up that day was I was thinking about Sophie's song Face Shopping and in the like intro it's like the my face <laughs> yeah yeah right. my face is the like the real shop front and there's like every iteration of that like uh, phrase in the song but talking about like yeah like Venus makes it so that like the way we show up actually does have an impact on how we're able to move about the world like ultimately like i like to think about like mercury mars and um and venus are all children of saturn or or, sorry Mm -hmm. children of jupiter so grandchildren of saturn um (laughs) chivroy yeah um yeah yeah like i mean venus yeah (laughs) venus venus is sort of Oh, like a daddy's girl in a sense. Okay. Oof. Yeah, that's a but yeah, that's a little kind that, of. Yeah, but, it didn't yeah. mean that to like be creepy or weird, but there's a certain part of like Venus that like is a little bit. It has an agenda that is not necessarily. We don't see that as clearly in the sense of like, oh, like like it's just pretty things. Like it's just entertainment. Like I think Venus is the energy of like, oh, it's it, like just enjoy it, you know, without. Yes, and I see that's so true because it's right. You said daddy's. So I think of parents who are like, my kid would never do that. I'm like, that's mm-hmm. Venus stuff. It's like yeah. liar. You are raising the devil. But the the not seeing it's like in a way we're all the parent. That's like no, my child, my child would never. Like they're fine. Or even thinking of um the like the nuclear family or even just like the family how we talk about our families and unwillingness to have your family look bad right in public Mm -hmm. where you everything is hidden it's that's back of house stuff yeah it's because all about the image and i think of i have a theory i've always widely speculated about how libra is like the most is like such a victim of capitalism and white supremacy and how the world is set up for Libra to be kind of boiled down to being looks obsessed or the assertion that Libras are so beautiful and the, and like the epitome of beauty. And I think of there's a ton of work that goes into things being beautiful. Mm-hmm. It, it just, it takes effort. It takes time. And the whole point is that it's supposed to appear effortless. Right. Yep, I yep. mean, and there's kind of this like shattering of Venus happening in the world I think in some ways with our people's ability to always dis broadcast their life so people that you would assume are so happy per- people who are that girl right that girl is mm-hmm. very Venusian oh yeah you see the behind the scenes they're like crying because their video didn't hit whatever hits that they wanted it to hit or mm-hmm, you see like mm-hmm. celebrities are open their mouths on Twitter and you're like ooh, like kind of ugly actually and it does, I think, draw attention to just how much of Venus currently is a, like, it's a weak construct and one that just change it changes. And yes, absolutely. We go from the 2000s girl next door, like, playboy look for women to, like, swinging all the way back to, like, oh, a full rejection of that. And it's going to swing again. And it did to like BBLs. And now it's swinging back to like, oh, actually a casual pool. Like I drink green juice. And in 10 years, it's probably going to like swing back again to like another yeah. completely fake, almost cyborg. Because pe- people are like literally cyborgs now too. Like yeah, yeah. even like cyborg anthropology is a Venus thing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I could I could actually, I might just go off on Venus like on my own time because there's actually a lot you can say about um, just aesthetics. Aesthetic is ruled by Libra. So, I mean, yes, like absolutely. And I think the power and the usage of aesthetics, if, you know, when you study like how is aestheticism used in different periods of time, like mm-hmm. you really get Propaganda. to Propaganda. Yeah, exactly. You get to see like, this is what Venus is. This is the tool that Venus is, the job it's doing um mm-hmm. you know for for ideology for the state um for whoever um and i think there's an interesting dichotomy we're talking about with these swings between like a sort of natural look versus like a heavily aestheticized look and like 
there's a way power and capital can play with Venus to like leave us unsatisfied by playing off of like the Taurian Venus and the Libra Venus of like mm-hmm. the Taurian Venus is like a natural movement. It's like, it's, it's not stubborn in the sense that it doesn't move, but it's like, it is what it is, you know? And like beauty is natural, right? We hear that all the time. Like, Oh, it's like the beauty is like, is just like being who and what like you are like being in present, like all these things can be like considered and conceptualized as beautiful. Uh, in a way that's separate and different from aesthetic, which is a Libra Venus, which is the beauty that has been decided upon by some, you know, set of parameters, and those are subject to change. But ultimately, like the the like swing back is into this like quote unquote natural like beauty, or like then you get so convoluted with Libra Venus sometimes that you like reconstruct natural in an unnatural way to be beautiful. Mm, I don't yeah. know if that got too convoluted. There's this like swinging back and forth of what I feel is like the two domiciles of Venus that create this like really difficult line to dance, you know, as, as in working with Venus in like a societal context. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think too of, I think Venus is a reminder that everything has a place ultimately mm-hmm. in the, in a grand scheme, even though we did just say, okay, that there's no rhyme or reason earlier in this episode talking about the ramthical things happen as a reaction to the environment in like whatever way Mm -hmm. it is allowed to happen and i do think that the difference between like the taurus like oh the earthy quote earthy like natural beauty and the seventh house like libra highly like i mean kim kardashian is literally a libra you know so like that realm of beauty i do think the separation between those highlights just the volatility of capitalism it's Mm -hmm. need to constantly create markets and also like the lack of creativity under capitalism and but i also would i would say that the earthy beauty of venus like in a sign like taurus is a, a a Garden of Eden type thing of like Audrey Hepburn was a Taurus. I was gonna say conservation too of oh things are better in the past don't mm-hmm. ever change this. I'm reading ma- not Magic's Reason. It was I'm gonna remember what book it is. I'm gonna put it below. Talking about though how when anthropologists went to explore the world and they would run into run into when they would in intrude upon indigenous people they the whole thing was they would do their research realize they did something kind of an unethical and they would turn on like what do we do what do we do and their conclusion was let's leave the environment we have found these people in untouched and and prevent things from coming in or out and it was very artificial like people the culture whatever they defined it as is preserved but it's at what cost right Mm -hmm. and it's the cost of people's development the cost of moving on and even on a smaller scale aging it's like all these efforts taken to be young forever like what is the price of that you know like what do you sacrifice when you're busy trying to maintain this like perfect state of of being 16 years old and then you come to your 20s, you're like, my life is over. I have a wrinkle. Proof I've lived is like a sign I'm I'm ultimately dead. <laughs> you know, or like I'm <laughs> on my way out. And yeah. it's just, I have been trying to decouple Venus from things like romantic love or beauty because I think beauty, it's truly not in the eye of the beholder and if it's any beholder it's the biggest beholder of all and that is like white supremacy at this point like right exactly. that's the eye that beholds beauty and we're able to see something like beauty as neutral because it's it's so pervasive mm-hmm. you know it's just like oh well like we just think that this is nice and it's like well you don't just think that this is nice you know and the natural who's allowed to look natural yep like w- without criticism yep. You know, like it's almost no one. And why is looking natural a 12 step skincare routine? Exactly. Like, why? It should be free. If that's the pursuit, right, of natural beauty, 
why are people getting work done? But like natural beauty, so I got a micro brow lift and then I actually like got my eyelids like flipped up slightly just to give myself like that naturally young. It's like, okay, you're saying things that don't make sense at all. I think Venus, when you take it to your body, it's like body horror. That's Venus, I think, under capitalism, but Venus truly is about its balance, you know? I think that's like where I'm, I'm like rambled, but that's like where I'm trying to move with Venus, like personally, and where I find Venus as, I have a lot of Libras in my life, and truly, I used to think they were a little bit evil, even when I actually had more Libras in my life, but then I realized my best friend's a Libra, one of the most incredible people I know, and I truly am just amazed by her all the time, her ethic with life. And I'm like, that's Venus. Like, I'm inspired to figure out, like, what that energy is for me. Watching you go mm-hmm. on this journey. Mm-hmm. It, like, I don't want to become you, right? But it's like, but you inspire me to, like, find that truth. Yeah. That, find that balance or, like, set in motion, like, the the process. It's, it's inspiring. And I think Venus is very... I mean, Venus is like, brings in war and makes it look cute. That is true. I mean, yeah, like fashion, there's so much fashion that comes from military, right? Like coats. Don't bring up my coat, please. I'm Well, I'm not critiquing, by the way. I'm just... No, I know. I, like, I also want to go back to like, when you said it's like not making sense and talking about like commodifications. I think the sad part about Venus is like, like capitalism, white supremacy patriarchy these things create a system where actually you know you i i would argue that in some ways it does make sense because there is real consequences to looking certain ways yeah and it's it's you know that is the power of venus at work in the world and i think like i also wanted to point out like you were talking about um a lot of stuff that really reminded me of our ascendant conversation. Mm-hmm. about like part of the ascendant is taking life um like taking the journey you know and the natural journey which includes like changing um and beauty is subjective in the sense that there's also like stages of life too like you know especially just american culture makes a lot of things dead stagnant and frozen in time and so to remind ourselves of this ascendant journey that we're like on a very human journey that has a lifetime in it it's not it doesn't stop and freeze at like you know some arbitrary age between 16 and 23 you know like you live an entire life like and i don't you know like some people, no one through 23 is over oh 27 you're for some people. i actually have dust hard. i'm podcasting as a pile of dust right i mean yeah you know and I oof. <laughs> man i'm sorry i'm tied up on this one um yeah like Maybe this is a, it's also being as I'm just getting emotional, but like, oh, yeah, like what you were saying about your friend resonates. Like Venus shows us like what we find to be like beautiful in a really visceral way, and like there's a there is again like with the moon, like we get signals in our body about like how we feel about things, and with Venus we get inspired by like the world you know and what we find beautiful and we can see and feel and experience beauty you know not in the same way that's enforced by the state right like community has a lot of different contexts like that can be within like your family that can be within your relationships yes it can be in the relationship you have with yourself and that's like maybe one of the most important places to do venus work especially like today um is like figure out how to like not figure out, but like listen, <laughs> like listen to how like to you us want... only. No, no, to no. Yourself. <laughs> yeah, like how do you, you know, think about love languages? Like, what is your love language? Because um, I think that's you know, it's a little more nuanced than like the five. <laughs> like, it is, it's, there can only be five. <laughs> uh, there can only be five. Um, you know, I am words of affirmation. So you know, get in our email, say nice things about us. Um. You know, <laughs> anyway. yeah, help me help you. <laughs> yeah, Physical no, totally. Touch. So, notifications, you know, um, like they <laughs> actually ping my brain just like a hug does. So, okay, yeah. send those on. I, 
my phone vibrates, it's it's like, like a, hug. <laughs> a hug. It's like a hug, really, truly. Um, yeah, I no, but I love what you said, and yeah, it takes me back to what you mentioned earlier that like just let people enjoy things. It's like, and totally you can, but the problem is that it's we're not the only ones here mm-hmm. on this earth, and we're not the only we don't have direct impacts on what influences us especially when we're born because we don't have that kind of power in this world and especially in this system where it's like do kids have rights Uh, debatable so really listening and figuring like yeah figuring out what is beautiful to you and questioning the things that you do find beautiful initially can open you up because we live in a world that's very visually dominated it's about how things appear to be which is why art and venus go like hand in hand right like Mm -hmm, people mm -hmm. are watching euphoria no critical thought because the characters are hot you know it's just like that's and they're like this is normal it's like no these are very beautiful people but it's we're kind of conditioned in a way that it's easier to like fully see someone for who they are because of it's like the halo effect literally mm-hmm. but the halo effect isn't some it's literally desirable at least in my opinion exactly it's like it's not just some like thing that like oh it's just it's just the halo effect it's well what gives this person a halo and i also said like, there's not only sight there's you have other senses there are other things it could be textures like how things feel how they mm-hmm. smell, taste, you know, like sound. There's other ways to express beauty, abstract ways to express beauty that aren't visually based. And I find that exploring in that direction is also really helpful just because I always say our sight is not to be trusted. Um, true, true. Because I, even like, you know, trust what you see, but we also have an over-reliance on visual things and it's if anything you could say that sight is like exalted or domicile you know if like our bodies are the chart it's just like it's very forward it's Mm -hmm. just and i'm like do do i even really know what i hear on a day-to-day basis and like or could i like listen you know like when you used to try to echolocate i say like this like everyone has but I, I tried to echolocate when I was younger because I was like, yeah, I have ears. I should be able to, and I can't echolocate. Like I'm actually pretty, um, I'm pretty dependent on my sight to determine life. But yeah. the more I work on just like checking and noticing like what I'm hearing, what I'm smelling, feeling, it's giving me a richer experience of the world. And also it's like allowed me to, decrease the dependence i have on sight to determine like the things that make my brain go like wow that's beautiful you know like if it smells nice it's easier to look past like oh i don't really like the curtains they're kind of drab because like it smells fucking amazing in here smells like christmas and also we have like incredible sense memories too like oh yeah oh yeah i'll i will smell a smell that's like oh this smells like my grandma's and it just like that's another sensation of beauty that i was like that's something i wouldn't really notice because it's like well i can't see it right now mm-hmm. i don't know that it's like wow I, I just did not expect the venus conversation to take this particular path i'm really glad it did me too i, I think too there's an interesting thing with you know aesthetic as a part of venus like you know for as much as our site has been like targeted basically when it comes to propaganda um the way things are built in public spaces the way we see ads on billboards you know all these things i don't i also think like there is a part of aesthetic with uh you know in a healthy venus relationship like in your space for example like i think about the home like there is a way that you can just like set up the space you live in to like remind you and to make you feel um held you know and that you belong there um and i think that that's venus work in a sense you know um 
I don't know if I lost the point there a little bit, but I think like it's. No, I understand what you mean. I'm I'm trying to give Libra a bit of a redemption arc. Honestly, for for myself, I'm trying to figure. Oh, out I feel like this whole episode has been so redemptive towards the Venus sign, like the Venus rule signs of like Libra and Taurus. Well, but also, true. like, see, because you're a Libra rising, but I'm a Taurus rising. I'm the better, more natural, like, Garden of Eden Venus, and you're, like, the BBL Venus. Oh, yeah, you know. <laughs> it's so funny. My roommates, like, were, like, oh, like, it, I don't even remember how it started, but, like, a couple months ago, they're, like, oh, you're, like, in your BBL arc to me. And it's, like, one stop. And I'm, like, this doesn't make any sense because, like, I don't know. I don't I don't feel that I come off as you're a BBL You're yossification, and I'm de-yossification. <laughs> The, yeah, and but all I was gonna say is uh, uh, these experiences of like the Venus uh, feeling, and I'm I'm actually a little hesitant to like keep saying love because I'm currently reading all about love, and it's, it's definitely making me like okay, I gotta really revisit the definition of like <laughs> when I'm just throwing this word around like oh hey, if you want to feel love, you gotta love everything, and then you're loved, you know, um, <laughs> <laughs> like that's. I mean, love I, is love is love is love. Sometimes, it, so, sometimes it, it can get that nonsensical. I want to speak in like more specific terms. Um, we can get we, we get information through our senses. Uh, one of the most Venus joyous things I've ever done. I used to there used to be this um this place that I would go that like had a bunch of like it was like one of those places that had like these artisanal like olive oils in it like all these different flavors. And there used to be this one really awesome worker there who was clearly very bored on all his shifts. Whenever I'd see him in there, I would walk in and what we would do is he would like go off and like take a little, go off and like walk away. Uh, and, <laughs> and like, and he would go get like a little tiny sampling of oil that was like flavored and come back with a tiny piece of bread. And he would like, we would play this like mastermind guessing game where I would like have to try to guess the different flavors. And it was so fun. And it was fun for a lot of different reasons because I never, I never learned this guy's name. We did this m- many times. He never learned my name, but we like had a, a fun time and it was like sensory and it's just, it was joyous. And it was this idea of community and also this identity, this not identity, idea of connecting to the sensory information that we receive mm-hmm. pleasure. I think uh, pleasure revolution, that stuff, very Venus heavy as well. Connecting to the way that we feel as a means to liberate and learn about liberation as a sensation. Um, and as a counter to the messaging we receive about what it is to be beautiful, sort of the superimposed version of Venus that we get versus the version of Venus that comes up and out of like our feelings and the, the way that we experience the world. Yes. I don't know. I that, that, that I lose the point there. <laughs> that, no, it totally makes sense. And it's making me think of to what you're saying, I was thinking about, okay, how would I describe like Libra Venus versus Taurus Venus? And Libra Venus is, it's air, it's in the ideals, you know, Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. Libra Venus is like your ethics. It's how you want to relate to the people around you. It's how you organize the, in your community and the, the role you play in your community. I think of like dealing with conflict and like the stuff that involves other that external sense of that's Libra Venus. And that's why Libras, honestly, they're like mediators, you know, mm-hmm. or in their, I mean, in but in their most chaotic state, sometimes like they're not mediating much except for like chaos between like them <laughs> and the contract they signed with the, their like spirit in the ether. <laughs> but they are mediating. <laughs> um yeah libra venus that air venus is it is it it's above it's not really on earth it's not something that i don't know you could pick up and throw yep it's constructed but that's not doesn't make it a bad thing we also i mean our personalities are in some ways constructed right Mm -hmm. and i think about taurus because okay so me taurus rising I think about Taurus Venus and I think about the story you just told about that sensory experience of like what a baby can comprehend and like process and play with, you know, like that's that Taurusness of, oh, I like how this food tastes. Oh, I like how this feels. Like, I like how this sweater feels. That kind of stuff where it's just, 
basing your reaction to what's happening around you um, at a, I don't want to say basic level, but just it's straightforward. And I do think that it is easier to be carried away with the Libra Venus because we're such a like mind over body. That's how we're kind of sh- that Cartesian dualism, right? It's how like we're taught to like look at ourselves. It's like, oh, it's mind over matter. And so it's easy to sometimes the ideals that get carried away. But just like work with those ideals, you know, ask yourself questions of those ideals. Because even if it's that like class situation, people being like, I've never been happier and they're so upset. For my euphoria viewers, when yeah, Cassie's crying yeah. into the mirror, she's like, I've never been happier. That's like, that could be the full disconnect of someone who's like, yeah. no, I know what beauty is. And, I, and I, I'm loving life. I'm so happy right now. Meanwhile, they are in the deepest trench, right? right. Venus is also kind of a sign that, yeah, Venus will balance things out, but also it doesn't, uh, if you're feeling these in, incredible, like, if you're in the red and like your account every time you engage in something you think is like fun and beautiful, like it might not be very fun and beautiful because it's like, okay, I'm going to do like 20 damage to you this time. Like, (laughs) you know, it's like, Oh, I love (laughs) people are like, I love shopping or like, I love buying stuff. But if the, every time you're like, I have too many things, I don't know where to put my things. I spent too much money. It's like, I don't know if, this is truly a beautiful thing for you in this moment in your life. Cause the, what comes with it sucks. There are some things that are just, or okay. Lactose intolerant people. It's like, I know you love cheese. I know, but we got to stop with the cheese guys. Yeah. Cause everyone's always like shitting my brains out. Like this is not worth it. And you're doing it again. And that's like, when you start asking the question of what is stopping us from exploring different food? What is stopping us? Like, there is a big push in the society that we are in to convince us cheese is the best thing that's ever happened to us. I understand that. But is it? And I say this as someone who's fully lactose tolerant, you know? So I'm on a high horse. I'm like, I can eat cheese. Maybe maybe we're exhibiting some privilege here. I I do have a lactose tolerance privilege. Lactose privilege. My LTP, I, I understand that. Actually, it started to bug me more, but okay, oat milk. Oat milk. Oat milk, guys. Do we have like, oat cheese? Is that a thing? Yeah, there's, there's vegan cheese is good. If you like start, if you get, people are like, it doesn't taste like cheese. I'm like, well, pause. That's just, that's just simulacra. Change what cheese is. Okay. <laughs> just change what cheese is in your mind. Just change your reality. Really. I, it's, no, I literally, like when it comes to that, I will like violently rip the meaning from something to make it works. I'm like, if I know I love cheese, I will eat vegan cheese and I'll just change what cheese means. Yep. yep. But, um, yeah. But anyway, That's what I was getting at I'm essentially. is not cheese. But, but cheese. exactly. Because like, then what is cheese? It's that salty, like gooey, like, you know, it's that extra touch. It is truly the best thing that's ever happened to us. Um, yeah, I don't know. I actually keep eating that cheese. But <laughs> just know that there is like a universe in which like you are enjoying the flavor of food and you're not shitting after like for ages oh, um God. no you know what i mean it's like no, yeah, yeah, yeah. venus is the Influencer toll that demands culture. the toll i was gonna say this really is getting like and yeah the troll that demands the toll of like- venus is like rumple stiltskin dude it's like you can totally get got by some guy saying he's gonna give you with the life of your dreams and while asking for like i don't know what does he ask for like gold like the hey that like he gets tricked right because he's like i'll take your baby but i'll give you everything you want that's venus behavior there is beauty in the world for everyone it looks different for everyone and that's like Venus. It's like, it sounds good. It's just, it's good. It's good vibes. It's good vibes. Yeah, Venus is like a good, it could be great vibes. It can be terrible vibes. Terrible vibes. It could be BBL I, vibes. I can think like the times that I've probably felt really, truly the worst in the deepest of trenches have been when I'm just feeling that like Venus activation in the worst ways. Like, and you know, like just being in that space of like, 
and that's also might just be speaking on an exalted planet that's like a little different too but yeah i just think like there's there's so much emotional gameplay that happens with venus because because beauty is something that's so sacred to us so we, we have a lot tied up in it um and so you know when people when people start trying to mess with that perception it, it cuts deep and i was thinking about how you were talking about visual sight and the perception of beauty as like a very important tool and like i think about the rise of influencer culture as like a a, a new iteration of that like libra like move to like present a certain life a certain version of venus that like appeals but ultimately it's in service of capital right it's literally a marketing technique like to make you desire a life desire a type of beauty uh but it's a it's literally a ruse to sell something you know not to say that like that that there's not real symbolism in there about things that we do want to experience in in an honest and authentic way i'm not saying like it's all a lie but um it is being used to manipulate yeah, um, and the reason they can do it is because they're beautiful, <laughs> you know? Like, yes, yes. you want to be them. And also, it's just like, yeah, not to be um, in the least conspiratorial way, right? It's just, sight is just the easiest sense to hijack. It, it's, and also like, the way we just talk about like, bodies as commodities has, I think, made us like more i guess it, it all feeds each other right they mm-hmm. all like support but it's like i guess we don't think of our bodies as something that are particularly sacred and you don't have to it's like oh my body's just a canvas or like and i say this like with tattoos with piercings i think there is that like it's just easier to to get a message across visually um because it's, it's just one of the first things we are taught to that we see, right? If everything's other, if everything else is otherwise okay, you're probably gonna like see something first. Yeah. Instead of like, if you walk into like a, a room with a dead person, like you'll smell it. Um, but <laughs> also you could like you could see it too. Oh yeah, I was gonna say the other version of that that pops immediately to my mind um, is the body being not necessarily a, a canvas, but a temple, and physique as a manifestation of visual Venus. Mm, yeah and you think about like uh gym culture people going to the gym and being about like sculpting your body it's like sculpting your body for who white supremacy like these wellness things these aesthetics these like i'm quantum jumping into my my hottest self like i'm quantum jumping myself a bbl right now it's like what the like why would you use quantum mechanics to get a bbl you just pay for one um why are these the values of like your spirituality? Why, like, why is, why are the things that are meant to guide you through life, the things you choose to like move you through, ultimately about like the appearance mm-hmm. of, or the like engaging with the process of acquiring that proximity to right. power to Venus ultimately is an ideal. Yes. Okay. It Venus can be whatever you want it to be. Truly. So make it a something cheaper and um, just ask questions about like, why. Why mm. are certain things beautiful? It's not just a preference. Hate to break it to you guys. Yeah. Oh. We, we don't just have like preferences. Yeah. If you're someone with a type, think about that. Ask yourself. And then ask yourself <laughs> are you in a successful relationship and have you ever been? Ooh. Hmm. And then because everyone's like, I had a type, but. It was the person I wasn't expecting. Yeah, because it's about like who you are as a person, yeah, right. not what they look like. It or even like the never meet your heroes. I'm like, yeah, because it's like those are ideals, mm-hmm. and the real thing is always gonna fall short if we continue to think about stuff this way. That's how they can sell us stuff. It's always just out of reach. Not one person is is that girl enough. There's always a stuff you can add to your skincare routine. There's always an ingredient to put in your your spirulina smoothie. There's always going to be like a specific thread count for your bed sheets that will make you like actually now the perfect person. Yeah. And, and I think something for me that has been becoming increasingly blatant is like beauty in this context is formulaic. It is like, and, and that is math. Yeah. That golden ratio for faces is like 
Yeah, you can just keep messing with math. Like they're not going to run out of math equations to do. Um, and so ultimately, we we have to find a different. And I say this, but I think I can say that I think we have to find a different way to like approach beauty if we want to like feel free. Exactly, and I think too. In I think there's also this thing of compl- immediately making. S- commodifying things where you see someone beautiful like oh they have their eyebrows this way it's like now we're going to sell you a kit to make your brows look like this person's if anything i see people who like are who have different parts of themselves highlighted as beautiful i'm like very encouraging to know like they're it's in the difference that we can yeah see the beauty in others and the beauty in ourselves it's like not about what makes us the same and don't judge a book by its cover what can i say Judge it by its contents. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And if you don't like the, and if you love the contents, like the cover, can get a haircut. Honestly, like if it's that deep to you, (laughs) (laughs) you know. Yeah, and but you said a really good thing, which is like for reflection, like what are the symbols and the trappings of beauty to you, and where do they come from? Because we are we are influenced beings by influencers um, yeah. but just because capitalism is in a bad bad way does not mean we have to abandon venus we can reconnect to beauty and pleasure and find ways to experience what it is to be beautiful because we are yeah capitalism did not write us into their will i promise okay mm, let's that's stop a good we're point. like chilling hoping we're gonna get the payout yeah, or, or maybe, not. Maybe not they're maybe gonna end up donating work. their money to like wildlife conservation. It's gonna be like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> it's, they're actually gonna give it to Greenpeace. So, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna Ooh. get gregged. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm definitely gonna be reflecting on Venus. Me too. Yeah, and if you have an exalted Venus, like as your friend, just address that. It's because it can be a problem. <laughs> like, I as someone like you, just fix it like really ASAP. get to work really get to work because if you let i beg i beg like you know yeah just don't let that one go unchecked guys seriously <laughs> i'm kidding it's, i'm kidding snatch that plate right back up okay <laughs> <laughs> um anyways do you have any closing thoughts <laughs> I, you know yeah you're right i shouldn't end on that one um <laughs> fix yourself thank yeah. you you're yeah, actually please. ultimately in control of the universe. Please check yourself. Like I'm, I'm working really hard over here, guys. No, um, <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah. Oh man, I feel like maybe, like maybe see if if you can find a way to, like, I I just really want to abolish the beauty as pain rhetoric. And it shouldn't be. Yes. Um, and I guess that's what I mean is to explore like the ways in which comfort and comfort in a lot of different ways, not just like this is a fuzzy blanket I happen to have, or this is a nice squishmallow, like as the space that is comfortable, a relationship that is comfortable, that gives you space to be um, that, you know, what's, where's the beauty in that? And, and what, how can you redefine beauty for yourself and also in context? Um, you know, I think that's that's a question I'm asking a lot these days. And I think it's been fruitful. I, at least yeah. I think so. <laughs> I think so too. I, I mean, all I have to say is beauty with no borders. Be who you are. Beauty, no... What did Ultron say? I got no, no strings string. on me. <laughs> it's like I got no strings. Yeah, it's so you know, live in that. Beautiful. Jesus, Jesus said, Jesus said, you will deny me thrice, <laughs> and and that's beauty. <laughs> no, no, not Pickering doctrine. Um, but if you are interested in the yassification of the Bible, stay tuned because we're on. We, that. I think we might. Yeah, we might um, start doing that um soon in a fun way that we will let you guys know but yes guys bonus content idea laurel venus and the olympics because well 
we we did not there is so much you can actually There's get on so it with venus so much eurovision <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so we're gonna wrap it up here guys thanks so much for joining us on this venus discussion like mercury we're definitely gonna have to circle back on venus because there's a lot to explore and honestly so many current cultural things happening that we can look at through this lens of who sets goals for us um as always email will be linked in the bio email us reach out with your questions thoughts feelings no hate though i can't handle that right now fragile is my state (laughs) maybe gavin could take those away actually so put in the subject if you want to send hate gavin specifically this is for gavin um i will be our bulwark he will read that Yeah, I hope that the two, 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 two vibes, the, the balanced vibe of the twos is flowing through you listening to this. At some point during this podcast, it was 2.22 p.m. on 2.22.22. So if you can figure out when in the podcast that was, yeah, you know, when I'll, you'll get a gift card. And the- I'm going to give a little hint to that. Gavin was speaking you know, when the recording reached 22 minutes and 22 seconds. And while it won't be that in the edit, edited version, if you can pinpoint the <laughs> moment that he hit that lip, comment below and say, this was said 22 <laughs> minutes and 22 seconds in. Yeah. <laughs> and we will also send you, we'll send you a Menchie's and a, a used Menchie's gift card. Yep. And with a questionable amount left. <laughs> Yeah, and indeterminate because there's nothing more beautiful than having a couple extra cents at Menchie's. Or maybe we'll send a gift card for like a specifically regional <laughs> um, place, but it has to be for someone like far away. Yeah, we will encourage you. Incentive to, to visit. Take a journey and visit us to come to Red Robin or something. Oh, <laughs> let's go to dinner, guys. It really is just the bottomless steak fries is kind of the only draw for me. Ooh, with the campfire sauce. Ooh, yes. That it's is... so good that you already know the vibes, but some apps in the chat. Um, yes, yes. Campfire sauce uh, nation, rise up. Get in our inbox. Tell us about <laughs> Tell us about your campfire sauce experiences. How much yeah. do you love it? Arby's, we've got the meats. No. I, I am love so ads. anti-Arby's, it hurts. I don't well, have... I kind of have a soft spot for one Arby's. Only one Arby's. I don't even um, really have a reason. I just, something about Arby's really puts me off. Not the food, just like, I knew, I know, I have people who work there that I'm, I love. So I'm like, you know what? Okay. I love Arby's. That's fair. I love Arby's. And they, ooh, their curly fries when I was a kid I used to slap. I remember them tasting good. I haven't had them since, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was also because like my mom never let us eat fast food, so it was truly a treat, a treat. to get a food in a box, right? Mm-hmm. Already cooked. Um, but we're derailing now. Guys, thank you so much for listening. And I hope you have a lovely, lovely rest of your day. Thank you all. Goodbye. Miss you. Miss you. <laughs> I, that, I don't know why that came out. This. I'm just tired. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye-bye. Okay. <laughs>